What's up, everybody? It's Dan, Binder Boneyard, coming at you at the office desk. Uh, it's about 6:30 on Tuesday night. Uh, just wrapped up some tasks. Um, been uh, having a good laugh at the Facebooks lately. Uh, first of all, just start off. Thank you, everyone, for listening. Uh, if you are new to listening, I appreciate it. Um, I don't know. I know some of you guys have heard this spiel before, but I will say it again because I've been picking up some new listeners and subscribers. Um, Binder Boneyard is a half-ass wrecking yard, restoration shop, uh, eBay store, uh, international. Jeez, um, what are we now? Uh, we are a Lightline distributor, so we are an official Lightline vendor, so we sell new international parts, um, all kinds of stuff. And uh, we also have a large eBay store. Uh, we've got a large inventory of used parts and other things like that. If you're looking for something, we might have it. Um, the really popular stuff sells fast. You know, pickup tailgates, those sell as soon as I get them. Scout 2 windshield frames, gone pretty fast. Um, you know, 800 parts go real fast. Uh, so... You know, there's some things we just run out of as soon as we get it. Other stuff, you know, you'd be surprised what we have. I've got some L-series truck stuff. Um, sorry, no bumpers or grills. Um, R, a couple of R's, S. Um, and then, of course, we got a bunch of C-series and D-series stuff. But anyway, I'm Dan. I own Binder Boneyard. I run, you know, I try to run this place. Uh <laughs> It's tough, but uh, I got two employees, Tom, who I call Backbone, because without him, he, uh, yeah, uh, he pretty much keeps his place afloat, because he does 90% of the work. Uh, I just oversee what he does, uh, kind of check it off as he goes along, so that I make sure that it's meeting my uh, level of standard, um, but otherwise, Tom Backbone is... Uh, a huge help. So, and then I have Jamie. Uh, she works the office. Um, she handles all of the administrative type stuff, paperwork stuff, uh, eBay, uh, listing, shipping, packing, uh, all of the other parts that we sell. She handles all that. She is a trooper. Uh, she works full time graveyard shift and then comes in here and works for three, four hours. So she really is, uh, uh, helpful um she's been around quite a while uh her and i used to date back in the day so uh for her to come back and continue working here after we have broken up is um i don't know if she's crazy or glutton for punishment or what but uh, either way i'm extremely grateful for her uh and and what she does here as well again without her this place would not be what it is um you know i can't i can't take the credit for hardly any of this um other than creating this monster so um that's what happens around here if uh, anybody ever has any questions or anything you can follow us on all of the social media platforms at binder boneyard you can uh, ask 
as uh, many questions as you want, and I will try to answer what I can. Um, you know, or you can email us at Binder Boneyard Podcast, and uh, you know, I can say what I need to there. So now that that's out of the way, we can move on to the calendar. Um, birthday cruise, March sixteenth through the nineteenth, uh, running Route sixty six. Uh, west to east starting in bakersfield and we're just going to run it for a couple three four days see how far we get see what kind of sites we see um ih western regionals april 26th through the 28th calico california at the koa campground binder bash june 15th in clayton washington at the clayton fairgrounds uh rocky mountain rendezvous kremlin colorado at the kremlin fairgrounds july 19th through the 21st the National Show, August 16th through the 18th. Uh, Troy, Ohio at the historic Troy Airfield. And the Sierra Fall Rally, October 4th through the 6th. Uh, Nevada County Fairgrounds in Grass Valley, California. Uh, if there are other shows out there, um, I think there's one. It's like the Sunflower Show that's in the spring. Um, there's some other ones back there in midwest or east coast that happen um that i don't remember i think there's one in texas i don't know if you guys are listening and there's a show that's you know worth mentioning go ahead and uh shoot me a message i'll add it to the calendar uh otherwise those are the bigger shows uh in my opinion but i don't know i haven't been to some of them so some of the uh other IH shows, so maybe I'm wrong. Maybe the Sunflower Show is bigger than the uh, IH Western Regionals. Who knows? But um, anyway, that's what's going on on the calendar. Um, so hopefully, hopefully you can attend in your IH vehicle. Um, so what I was going to say. Oh, I'm having a good chuckle at the Facebooks. Um, I made a post this morning about a comment I received on Instagram thanking me for the podcast and asking me a question about carburetors. And so funny, uh, that podcast that the, I was referencing to uh, yesterday, Monday's podcast um, was all about personal preference. Not all about, but a lot of it was about personal preference and how one guy can run an Edelbrock 1406 and swear that it's the best carburetor ever made. And then rather than post on Facebook like, hey, I have a 1406 and I kind of like it, you might want to give it a try. It's, hey, the 1406 is the only way to go and you're going to regret bolting anything else on there and you know anybody who says otherwise is an idiot. And that's, uh, you know... So that post turned into, you know, instead of me, like, because what it was was me just kind of putting it out there that I have a podcast because a lot of people still don't realize that I do this. Uh, and not a lot of people listen to podcasts, you know, I'm pretty niche in as far as that goes anyways. But, um, yeah, so I was just kind of putting it out there that I had a podcast and it turned into this big carburetor debate. Uh, and... It just totally reiterated my the Monday's podcast about you know its preference and you can add some experience in there and you know one guy's experience with the fourteen oh sixes is pretty deep and he says that they're the best ever you know I maybe t- 
to him they are. I don't know. But, uh, you know, they came from the factory with a certain carburetor, and that certain carburetor has been tried and trued for, you know, 50 years. Um, and there's a lot of uh, tunability in them as well. So, you know, I kind of, I don't know, I tend to lean towards what the factory ran in that respect and then my experience with all these different carburetors. So, you know, again, it's it's preference and your preference is fine-tuned by your experience. And, you know, some of these guys don't have any experience. Like I said, they bolted one time, they bolted a Motorcraft 2100 to their engine eight years ago and that's all they've ever ran and so you know they run around going oh my god this is the greatest carburetor ever not even really knowing that there's other options out there you know even the and it comes down to like the fuel injection guys too like you know like oh don't do fuel injection because it's you know it's voodoo and you're gonna ruin your engine and all you should do is carburetor and you know this and that and it's the same thing these guys get their their personal preference panties in a bunch and uh you know go from there so it's just kind of funny to me um people forget that you know these these new people some of you guys are new and you ask these questions like oh hey what do i do you know and you you hear some guys talk with some authority and you just assume that they are that's them you know that they're they know what they're talking about or they're right or whatever and you know get some other answers listen to some other people um do some research don't just take shit for you know uh gospel so anyway um it just was funny it just was funny to me how that worked out so anyway um hopefully you guys are following along on the the instagrams and the facebook and stuff the ih mafia page um on Facebook has slowed down in growth. I think we're up to like 1800 members or something, which is fine with me. You start getting too many people in there and then it turns into this crazy shit show, you know, like, um, some of the bigger scout pages. There's a lot, I feel bad for those moderators because they have a lot to monitor. Um, so, you know, the IH scout owners of the world page is pretty awesome. Um, I'm there every day just looking at stuff, uh, because, it's a good page. Joe does a good job moderating it, and um, generally itself itself polices. Um, there are some jerky guys there, but you know it's the internet, and there's jerky guys everywhere. So that's just how it goes. So today I am. Uh, I just finished up before I came in here. We've been working on this um, seventy-five Scout Two. This sat for several years um, out in the weather. The hood was down, of course, and had the air cleaner on it, but. Um, you know, the, the Pacific Northwest, specifically the valley side of the mountain range, uh, the coast side, uh, is wet. It rains a lot. And when it's not raining, it's just kind of damp and humid. And it has a tendency to lock up motors. Um, I've been fortunate and haven't had too many stuck, stuck motors, um, you know, we thought for sure that the the motor in the Red Rocket was going to be locked up because that thing sat under a BlackBerry pile for 20 years plus. And lo and behold, it, it turned over. So I was a little surprised to see this Scout had a locked up motor. But 
you know, you go to engage the starter and it just clunks. And, you know, you're like, oh, maybe the battery's dead. And you charge the battery and you hit the starter again and clunk. So then you get curious and you put a, you know, 15, 16th socket on the crank crank pulley bolt and try to get her to move. And she didn't move. So, you know, pulled all the plugs back out. Brand new plugs I just put in. Pull all the plugs out. Start, uh, you know, rig up a hose and a spout and all this bullshit and then start filling the cylinders with atf and i know there's some other concoctions out there um, some guys like to use diesel because it's thinner um, some guys use marvel mystery oil because it has some detergents in it um, i've i like atf uh just because it's cheap and easy to use uh, some guys are saying like diesel and acetone um that could work too I don't, i've never used that um maybe i'll use it on another one if i come across this this again but um for now we're just gonna keep filling the cylinders with atf uh and hopefully it breaks free because the scout's really nice and i don't want to do i don't want to do a motor swap on it um <laughs> just because i've got a lot of shit going on with the move and all that so um you know it's uh it is what it is but i appreciate the customer being patient and uh you know i gave him the options because we've got some used motors here that we would do a reseal on and throw one of them in um you know and that's that's a real viable option for a lot of people um you know because a rebuilt motor from jasper or s and j i mean you're over three grand normally i think just for the motor and then you got to do all of the labor of you know swapping tins over and sealing it up and painting because you got to paint it and you know all that stuff so you know, by the time you throw a new motor in it with our labor and everything just to assemble the damn thing you're you know four grand and then you got to put the thing in and all that. So, so a used motor uh, that has good compression is a viable option, especially when you can reseal it on, you know, on the floor before you put it in. That's, um, you know, I recommend that to a lot of people. Buy a good used one while you got it loose. Do, you know, oil pan, uh, rebuild the oil pump. Pull the water tubes, redo the O-rings, of course pull the intake manifold, do the lifter gallery there, the, the valley pan they call it. Um, you know, that's a the valley pan's super notorious for leaking. So you do that one. Definitely do rear main. <clears throat> and since you've got the oil pan off, do the rubber plugs that, that go through that rear bearing cap. You know, really just you're really doing the whole motor over other than bearings and pistons, uh, which I know are the most important part, <laughs> bearings and pistons. But uh, if the motor is a good candidate, has good compression, if you were lucky enough to hear it run and it doesn't have lifter tick, um, let's say you're in good shape. Uh, if you got a motor with lifter tick, it nah, just it, it bare minimum needs cam bearings, uh, if not other things. So, um, you know, reseal it if it's good and then 
you know, freeze plugs. It's all accessible. Just do it. Do it while it's out. You know, and for some of you novice guys, um, it's a great after-hours weekend project. Like, there's really... It is not hard to pull valve covers and the intake manifold and the valley pan, you know, and... You know, the, probably the hardest or the most complicated thing in something like this would be rebuilding the oil pump uh, or and the rear main seal. Rear main seal is tricky just because it fits so snug. Um, I have a video on the YouTube channel about how to get the old main seal out. Um, it's how we do it occasionally, just some people don't like it. I've got some thumbs down. I don't know if it's thumbs down because I don't show us installing the new remain or what. But Or maybe somebody just thumbs down it because they're assholes. But anyway, um, it's a great... Something like resealing an engine is a great weekend or, you know, several weekend project if you're just doing it here and there and on the weekends and whatnot. Um, you know, and you can get... I see these motors pop up on Craigslist for a couple hundred bucks all the time. And, you know, can really, you know, you really learn a lot about it. And the other thing is, is if you go through one yourself, you kind of learn the ins and outs of them. You learn how things go together. You'll see, you know, you pull the valve covers off and you see how the heads work. And you kind of start to get a, a feel and an understanding for, um, what's going on inside there and so it's just good it's just good to see it you know you put a new water pump on it you learn how to do that and the great thing is you can do all of this stuff while it's out of the truck it's super easy to do it on an engine stand super easy uh rear main is tough to do on an engine stand because the stand's in the way so you gotta hang it from a picker or something but um you know it's just it's just uh it's a good experience, and I recommend if somebody's got, you know, you get a little expendable income where you can buy three or five hundred dollar motor, let it sit in the garage. Hopefully, you have a garage. Um, you know, then you buy the gasket kit for one hundred and sixty bucks or one hundred and eighty bucks, whatever it is, um, and then you know you buy a tube of uh, either right stuff or ultra black. Uh, both of them are good. We use either one, um, depending on what we're trying to do. But um, right stuff is probably the more uh, permanent sealant. Uh, we like to use right stuff on the valley pan and that and the valve covers and whatnot. But if you ever got to take that off, um, man, you're in for a chore. So keep that in mind. Ultra black is also a very good sealant. Uh, we use the shit out of that. Um, it has a longer cure time. Uh, right stuff is good to go in five minutes. And Ultra Black takes, well, technically it's a, it's a day, according to the instructions. Um, but we use, we use both of those. Uh, I was supposed to get a box of Loctite product, but uh, it never showed up, so I haven't been able to test any other products. So we just keep using the Permatex stuff that we are familiar with. So, um, but yeah, that's what, that was their option, um, that will happen if, uh, if I can't get this motor to break free, uh, then that's probably where we're going to end up is, is resealing a, 
a good used one that we have here. Uh, I'm actually running out. I've got like two 304s left um, that were good. So after that, I don't know what I'm going to do. I think I might have a 345 coming up here pretty soon that's good. Um, but yeah, anyway, just uh, that's my advice for that sort of stuff. And if you guys, are, you know, if you have a scout with a leaky engine and you got, you know, you got some nagging things and you're like, oh, I should do that someday. I really need to get to it. You know, now's a good time. Like I say, you pick up that core engine and start putting it together and, uh, you know, plan a weekend with your friends, whatever, to do that swap. And uh, you'll be, you'll be happy that you did. Uh, it's nice. There's some. There's a really big uh, sense of satisfaction when you assemble an engine, you paint it. You know, it's all it looks shiny. You put the damn thing in, you tune it, and it and it runs good. You know. And then every time you go anywhere, you want to open the hood and show it off. And you know, you go to a show and you pull up and open your hood. You can always tell at the show, you know, who's proud of their engine and who isn't because they won't open their hood, um, you know, but that's cool. It is, uh, uh, it's just one of those things. So uh, that's where we are on this guy. So the moral of the story is if you're going to let a rig sit, um, try and turn it over occasionally every six months or something. Um, if you can't, man, I don't know, try and put some diesel down the intake every once in a while if you can hope you know it might get down through the valves it might not that's a kind of a tricky thing um but you know if you can access it pull the plugs put some oil down the you know wd-40 something down the cylinders just to um keep it lubricated in there and try to turn it over by hand whatever you can do just keep the motor moving as long as you, uh, as long as you think it's going to sit, so um, definitely, uh, you know, something to think about. So I did not prepare for this episode at all, obviously with the <laughs> random information you've got so far from me. So um, thanks everybody for listening. Uh, appreciate it. You guys are great. The comments I'm receiving are super awesome. Uh, thank you. Thank you for the likes, the shares, the subscriptions, the Patreon donations. Um, those are great. Uh, you know, it's, it costs me money to make these episodes. So, um, any, any residual from you guys is just awesome. So, and I really appreciate it. So thank you. And, uh, until next time I'm Dan from the Binder Boneyard. <laughs>